Welcome to Exit 15. How's everybody doing? Buenos, buenos, see, I got you. Hey, uh, it's good to see you guys. I hope you're, uh, you're, you're ready uh, for tonight and what the Lord has got to do in our hearts and our lives tonight. And uh, it re- I'm taking a moment just to stall for just a second so I can get my eyes on your faces and just to say hi to you. Um, because uh, tonight we are dealing with uh, the topic of church. And I want you to look around. I want you to look around in the room. This is church. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Now, as Avery said earlier, this is not brick and mortar. Church is us. Church is us. And we get a chance to be together as a group. We get to be together as a ministry. We get to worship together. We get to look intently into God's word. We get to inspire and spur one another on, and this is what the church is all about. And tonight, as we are continuing our Straight Facts series, uh, we're on week five. We're halfway through. Halfway through this series, and tonight we are tackling that topic of the church. Why did God create the church? What's the point? What's the point of the church in my own heart, and my own life? You know, as I start to thinking about this, this is going to be the second week in a row that I've used a sports analogy to kind of start things off. Last week it was about baseball. But how many of you have been a part of a team? You've been a part of a sports team. Now that looks like a variety of different things, everything from like, you know, the rec league here at Bellevue. It may look like a sports team that you were a part of when you were like, you know, peewee baseball or peewee soccer, you know, and you're part of a team. Now I want you to think about it. What is team? What does it mean to be a part of a team? All right, here's what I want you to do. The person next to you, the partner next to you, I want you to share with them just real briefly why you are part, what's so important about a team, all right? What's so important to you as being a part of a team? Ready, set, go. All right, you got five seconds. All right, time's up. Time's up. Being a part of a team. Okay, what's the, what's the, uh, what's the ultimate goal of a team? Okay, our work together, what? To win. Yes, every team wants to win, right? Uh, we all want to win, so that's the ultimate goal. But what happens on a team when someone doesn't get that? You lose. (laughs) I love it. That is so true. You lose. The team literally just dissolves. It disintegrates because they've lost their mission. They've lost their passion for the ultimate goal is to win, to win. You know what? Every person on a team matters. Every individual on a team matters. If one person on that team doesn't share the same heart and the same passion to win, Maybe they just kind of go through the motions. Maybe they're the they're one that's, you know, on the soccer field that's running just, hey, oh, there's the ball. <laughs> you know, how is that motivation to win, right? How does that inspire others to win? Ladies and gentlemen, here you are. You ready for this? Jesus juke. A lot of us are that apathetic soccer player, that apathetic teammate when it comes to church. 
Some of us go through the motions of church to check the box, but we're not passionately in it. We're not passionately in it for the win. And the win of the church, and we're going to talk about that tonight. And what is church all about? What's the purpose of it? And why is it such an importance in my heart and my life that I need to be passionate and fight for it? Because we need each other. Don't say, say amen there. We, we need each other. And each other is the church. And we need to be in a community of believers where we are focused on the gospel, we're focused on Jesus together, and we're bringing people along with us. Here's the big idea for the night. The church is a community of believers who are called to meet together regularly to study scripture, pray, worship, serve, and encourage one another, and to proclaim the gospel to the world. There's a lot of blanks on your piece of paper. I know, well, I'm going leave to that, leave that up there for just a minute. But here's, it really comes down to two things. The church is a community. And inside that community, we pray together, we serve together, we worship together, we study, to, uh, we study scripture together, and we serve together. We are a community of believers. And this is what believers do when they're together. And the second part of the church, and we're going to dive into that tonight, is, is to proclaim the gospel to the world. To proclaim the gospel to the world. Now I want to ask, as we go through this night, I want you to ask that of yourself. I want you to think through in your own heart, in your own life, how am I, what, how am I doing as it relates to the church? Am I being a good church member? Am I being a good church person? Am I contributing to the church? Now remember, the church is not brick and mortar. The church is me and you. And how am I doing with the people around me such that we achieve what God's ultimate goal for the church is? How do we know what that is? Acts chapter 2. If you've got your Bible, go to Acts chapter 2. This is literally the point where the church really gave birth. The church really took off, and it started growing leaps and bounds. The gospel was proclaimed, and 3,000 people came to, know the, came to know Christ in that moment. And then the church, they started getting together, and they started working, and started doing things. And this is the foundational text for the church, for us to understand and pick through. So I'm going to walk through a little bit of this passage. Here it is, Acts 2, 42-47. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. All those who had believed were together and had things in common. I want you to underline the word common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing with them all as anyone might have in need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Man, you talk about in a revival moment. It was right there in Acts chapter 2. They experienced the power of God. They all came to faith in Christ. Then they started looking at each other going, you're a believer? I'm a believer. Wow, you're a believer? I'm a believer. Hey, we got something in common. 
And then they started doing these things for each other and with each other. And I love the word together because the word together is all over this passage. They did things together. But what brought them together was they had something in common. And that word jumped off, my pa- off the page of the scripture this past week. Like as I'm studying and preparing for this, I've heard this text preached, I can't tell you how many times. Even over my heart, and I've even preached this text several times. But the word common made a difference in me this, this time. And so I began to think, what did the church have in common? And what do we have in common? You ready? Number one. One number one. The church had a common ground. Oh, you're like, Steve, that's really good, common ground. I know what you did there. That's not like a coffee shop, common grounds. No, no, it is a common ground. It's the place where they started. They had a common foundation. They had a common ground. And guess what that was? Can you guess? Jesus. There you go. Come on. You're right. Jesus. They all had something in common. They knew Jesus. That was the starting point for the church. They had all heard the gospel. They all responded to the gospel. They had something in common, and it started right there. And all those who were believed were together and had everything in common. When you claim the name of Jesus as your heart and your life, that's the starting point for the church. That's even the starting point for all of us to be in friendship with one another. All of us are equal in this room because all of us know Christ. At least I hope that's true. Because as you look across the room, as you engage with other people in this room and in our ministry, the common ground that you can immediately start on is not whether they look different than you or they act different than you. No, the common ground is that they know Christ and so do you. And you have a starting place. You have a starting point. Number two, they had a common dependency. They had a common dependency. You know, we need each other when we need to be in community. And I love what the passage says. It was not just in need of relationship and being community, but there was a sense of sharing that was happening in that church. They began selling their property and possessions, and they were sharing them with all as anyone of need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They were taking meals together in gladness, sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. They were all, they were all depending on each other. They had a common dependency. If one had a need, another one could meet it. If somebody was struggling, somebody would pray. If they needed some encouragement in their relationship with the Lord, guess what? They all started praising God together. They were dependent upon each other to help them in the moments of need, but also in the moments of worship and encouragement. When things were going on in their heart and their life, they needed to be reminded of the common ground that they all had of Jesus. Man, this is really cool. You think about how this relates to us today. It's really cool. You know, and the third thing is, is not only they had a common ground, a common dependency, but they had a common mission. You know, if you look at verse 47, it says the Lord was adding to their number day by day. How did that happen? It's because somebody was talking about Jesus. Somebody was talking about what happened in their heart and their life. I want to ask you a really poignant question. When was the last time you talked about Jesus in your life to someone else? When was the last time that you were with someone, a friend at school, at home, in your family? When was the last time you honestly talked about Jesus to somebody, with somebody else? Because that was what happened in the first part of the church. where They, they all experienced Jesus, and they couldn't help it. 
They had to tell somebody. And so the church's mission was birthed in that. They saw the Great Commission, Matthew 28, and they started bolting out the door when it said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and lo, we are all, and I'm with you always to the end of the age. They heard the words of Jesus, and they could not help but sprint out the door and go. What about you? What about us? You know, Bellevue has a really cool mission, to love God, to love people, to share Jesus, make disciples. Have y'all heard that before? Nod your head yes. Love God, love people, share Jesus, make disciples. It's written right there on your talk sheet. I want you to memorize that because that's what we see the church doing in this point. And that is the mission of Bellevue. You can see how Bellevue and all that we do and everything we have, even in our ministry, revolves around that principle. Where did we get that principle from? Scripture. The Bible. It wasn't something we just randomly made up. No, this was Scripture. This was exactly what God intended from the very beginning for all churches to be about. So now what? I have two questions for you as we wrap up our time together. Two questions. Really simple. One, are you... Asking curious questions of each other. Now, this is, this is where it really gets fun, I think, for the church. And I think this is a principle that every one of us need to understand. And you actually get to apply this principle here in the next few moments as we go off into our groups. Ask curious questions of each other. Here's one. How are you doing? Now, then don't just, oh, I'm good. Like, really? If you have a genuine need in your heart and your life... If there ever is a place, (laughs) if there ever is a time for you to be authentic and transparent, it ought to be the church. Can I get an amen? (laughs) It ought to be in your life group. It ought to be in that moment where you can look at your friends and your leader and honestly confess and say, I'm not in a good place. The only place you get to that is when you start asking questions of each other. The moment when you and I start asking our friends no questions at all, it honestly communicates that you don't care. You don't care anymore. If you're asking curious questions of each other about their faith, about their relationship with God, you're asking curious questions about what's going on in their heart and their life and how they're doing at school and what's going on in their families, when you're at that place where you're asking curious questions, oh, that's when the authentic church starts happening. Not this fake church stuff. Oh, no, it gets authentic in that moment. And I think, and if I'm going to go out on a ledge, I'm already here. I'm almost there. Like, I'm going to go out on a ledge and simply say this. I think all of us in this room want that. I think all of us in this room want that moment of authenticity where I can finally be real with somebody. With no judgment, because there's no judgment in Jesus. Without any ridicule, there's no ridicule in Jesus without any kind of favoritism or any kind of that kind of, no, all that's gone. Because I'm, I'm being the church for someone and someone's being the church for me. Ready? That's number one. Ask curious questions. Number two, join the church. <laughs> now, this is not a plea. When I say that, this is not a plea for you to, you know, go to Explore 101 in the next couple of Sundays and, be, and actually become a member. I think you should be a member of a church. Some of you are like, well, what's the point? The point is when you become a member of a church, when you become a member of a group, 
you are taking ownership. You are making the statement to the rest of the body of believers, this is my home. This is where I connect with God. This is the place where I connect with my friends. This is the place I'm going to go to and commit to such that the people around me benefit even from me and my journey with the Lord, I get to share with them. And when you become a member, when you become a part of a body of Christ like this, oh, it goes to the next level. Your own heart goes to the next level, but also you are taking a step in the direction of others and saying, hey, I'm committed to you. I'm not just committed to me, I'm committed to you. And I want to help you grow just as much as you can help me grow in my relationship with the Lord. As the band comes on up and as we're fixing to wrap our time up together, I want you to really contemplate and to think through that. I want you to think through that. What does that mean to be the church? I want you to ask curious questions of each other. As we're going to sing a song or two, hear another testimony, I pray that you would engage and begin to think through what that looks like for you. Being a part of a church, being a part of a group, being a part of what God is doing in this place. Because he created it for you. He created the church for you to have an opportunity to pray, to worship, to serve together, and to proclaim the gospel to each other. Let's pray together. Father, you are good. You are amazing. And you are awesome. And Lord, we thank you so much for the church. God, I don't know what my life would be like if I didn't have the church. Lord, I don't know what my family would even look like if I didn't have the church as a part of my life. And Lord, I pray that students tonight will see the value of it. And God, that they would commit their lives to being a part of it. So Lord, I pray that this talk goes far beyond the last 15 minutes. And Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would do a work in our hearts and our lives tonight. In Jesus' name.